Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the Walter Matthau of the millennial generation. <laughs> Jordan Morris, boy detective. Just in terms of posture, not, I don't have a grumpy outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Well, well. <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> now you have now you have the posture to go with your outlook I and always, hat. I'm never seen anywhere without my uh, gray athletic sweatshirt mm-hmm. and beat up Mets cap. There you go. Yeah. I uh, so here's the and you've also got something sticking in your craw perpetually. No, that was my abdomen. Oh, it's a set of staples <laughs> from a surgery <laughs> I just had. Sure, but your craw is okay. <laughs> oh, my craw. They actually checked. They they palpate the craw. No, oh, that's nice. Just to check for tenderness. And my craws was, was really – actually, they told me I've got the craw. I'm 33 years old, mm-hmm. 34, just turned 34 years old. Uh, they said I, I've got the craw of a 26-year-old. I mean, you know, that's great. I have to go in perpetually to have my craw drained uh-huh. because of, you know, fluid buildup. Right, sure. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of fluid have you got in there? Like window washing fluid? Oh, it's semen. Uh, <laughs> my craw is what I call my penis. Oh, I don't know how to get semen out of the penis other than to have a surgical procedure. Is that a penis or just a boil where your penis should be? <laughs> you know what? I should ask the doctor. I guess I'm right. not entirely – I was assuming it was a penis. Right. Um, but I guess that would explain that pre-lovemaking, the woman always says, ew. Right. So. Right. It might be a boil. It no might be a boil. Um, so, yeah. So uh, – Here's a story. Okay. You, you weren't here last week, Jordan. You were out in Austin, Texas. Um, but I had, Living it up. Keeping it weird. I had two of them. It was getting a little less weird, and I thought I would go in to help them keep it weird. <laughs> sure. So I put on a jester's hat. Just rode in on your unicycle to weird things up a little. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I had two of the lovely ladies of Lady to Lady on mm-hmm. the program, um, and it was a blast. Sure. We had a great time. And in one of the segments, we discussed a mysterious abdominal pain that I was feeling. <laughs> Man, it sounds like a hot app. I'm sorry I missed it. I know, right? I, I it was uh, it was part of my it was part of my un- unusual medical situations mm-hmm. effort. I'm trying to sort of houseify Jordan Jesse go. Oh, I like that. Um, oh, we got this whiteboard and this multi ethnic team of young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my hope is that through a combination of cantankerous and. A certain kind of genius, um, I can solve some of the most difficult medical cases of our time. I know this is, uh, I know this is, you know, well-trod territory for us. But if you are trying to houseify the show, have you right. considered a vague, unplaceable accent? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like a- we've talked a lot about the British to American vague, unplaceable accent, but I mean. If we're going to try and like classify a, the show, we need one of those. Like a, hi, I'm Jesse Thorne. I was on Jeeves and Wooster. There you go. Yeah, like that. Maybe hit those. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, it's it, it comes from the gut. The vague, unplaceable accent comes I from. Do, the, I've had some portions of my gut removed. Oh, and so that might be one of the problems with the, the un, unfortunate placeability of the accent. That I wonder I if that'll doing. make it easier or harder for you to do a vague, unplaceable accent. Um. Yeah. Uh, it could be epilepsy. That was great. I was on Jeeves and Wooster. That was great. How about uh, a bit of Fry and Laurie? <laughs> I, but I don't think House on the show said the previous shows that he was in. <laughs> really? I only watched a little bit of that show. Uh-huh. I received a box set as a gift once. And sure. 
and uh, enjoyed that. I don't, maybe it happened in the later seasons, but at no point did he did Hugh Laurie break character to say the names of other shows he was in. I have seen a lot more Jeeves and Wooster than I have House, mm-hmm. which I think is in keeping with my general public persona. Sure. <laughs> you know, I think if I think people would be disappointed in me mm-hmm. had I seen a lot more House than I had Jeeves, I, Jeeves and honestly, Wooster. Honestly, I don't think they would care. I think you would be disappointed in yourself. Yeah. I think I think you beat yourself up more about that stuff than other people. Would. Can I offer a brief Let's introduce sure. our guest on the program. She's a stand-up comic. She's a writer for the hit television program At Midnight. Mm-hmm. Her name's Emmy Blotnick. Hi, Emmy. Hi. Um, I, I want to offer, first of all, welcome to the program, Emmy. Thank you, guys. I want to offer a brief, we'll get back to my medical issues in a moment. <laughs> and if you've noticed that I'm relatively more monotonous than usual, it's because it's a little bit painful for me to modulate my tone. Okay. Um, I want to give you a brief commentary on the subject of Jeeves and Wooster, the television show. Sure. Have you ever seen this show? I have not. Okay. I was on Netflix or something, I think, for a while. I don't know why I watched it, but I watched mm-hmm. a lot of it. Uh, here's here's my thoughts on this. So it stars uh, Stephen Fry and uh, Hugh Laurie. It had to be two British guys. Yeah, because it's a British. It's set in the British Jeeves Empire. Jeeves and Wooster. Yeah, Jeeves and Wooster. It's based on the legendary. It's Jeeves and Wooster starring Danny DeVito <laughs> <laughs> and Lou Diamond Phillips. Perfect. It's me, Jeeves, and I'm Wooster. <laughs> Tea time, crumpets. Um. And this is what I think. That's my Lou Diamond Phillips impression, by the way. I think you could, you would have a I'm a Latin hunk. <laughs> uh, he's Filipino. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think Hollywood did its thing and cast him as a lot of Latin characters. Yeah. Absolutely. That's absolutely. So you'll. For, Richie Valens. You'll forgive notable. my racism. It's just an extension of Hollywood's racism. He may, he may be half Latino, half Filipino. Okay. I just know because I was. I was Can we IMDb that to see how racist I am? <laughs> am I half racist or just. I was about to say Flapino, which I think is probably the most (laughs) racist thing in the 15 minutes this has been going. Sure. Um, I I watched a lot of Jeeves and Wooster. I think you could hardly find a more 1989 British television series than Jeeves and Wooster. Mm -hmm. Here's why. Uh, The leads of the program are astonishingly good. Mm -hmm. Like they are as good – of comedy performers and acting on television performers as basically anything else that's ever been. Like I'm mm-hmm. talking about I'm talking about Jeffrey Tambor on Larry Sanders show sure. level of good. 10 out of 10 stunning perfect performances. Of the rest of the people who appear on the program, I would say that 3 out of 10 seem like they came straight from the Royal Shakespeare Company. Mm-hmm. So they're Weirdly out of place, but nonetheless completely compelling. Uh, three out of ten are, are decent television actors. Uh, and three out of ten, it's as though they just asked someone's aunt to come be on the show. <laughs> and also, please, could you do an American accent? Sure. Like, the, the level of acting of the less good actors on that show is so execrable. <laughs> like, it would, not cut, it would not cut Muster as, like, a guest like a four-line guest appearance on Kojak. And I'm talking about like regulars on the show are that horrible. And so you are it is very difficult to maintain engagement with a show where the good stuff is so exceptional. <laughs> like these leads are so great. It's very funny, very uh, sure. well-written show, very well adapted from the great novels. Um, and like right up my alley, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just 30, 35% of the people on there 
could not be more horrible. Mm-hmm. And es- like if you think the people doing American accents on like Downton Abbey or something are weird, the people doing American accents, it's as though they cast them and then said, do you do voices and didn't react based on whether they said yes or no. Mm-hmm. So like some people, you're comp- once in a while somebody will be a completely convincing American. Generally, it is far below the level of Liam Neeson on uh, in one of those uh, They Took My Daughter movies. Mm-hmm. Far below. <laughs> like it's sort of like like Jeeves and Worcester will be blah, 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 blah. And one, then someone will come in and be like, are you going to – are you going to drink that tea, Mr. Wooster? Oh, it's like GPS voice. <laughs> <laughs> it is so like they're so like you can just see in their head. You can see you can look into their eyes and you can see their soul and imprinted on their soul is the letter R and remembering to pronounce it sure. every time it comes up in their script. <laughs> it's all of that is so bad. I feel like it it just it implies a very low opinion of Americans. It mm-hmm. seems like that British snobbiness against Americans comes out every time they have to do an accent. It's so silly. Well, it they also- always pick Western accents. Like when you hear a <laughs> British person try to do, yeah. they default to like, I don't know, like Sam cowboys. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that every time a British person hears one of us talking, we might as well be saying, you know, yeehaw, get along little dogies. <laughs> Uh, there's a great show on Netflix called uh, Danger Five that's like a parody of like 70s action shows. And it's the cast is, I think, South Australian, but it's maybe meant to parody like um, um, like The Avengers, the British show. And there's a guy on there who's the token American, and his fucking British to American accent is so hilarious. It's so good. It's one of my favorite funny things. Anyway. It, it, the show also looks like it was shot on handy cams. Like in these stunning locations on handy cams, like lit, I don't know, I guess maybe by like ballpark lights. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just got, they're just like, we're going to need more lights in here. That's a big problem. That was problem. their solution to That's every. A, a big problem I have with watching older British TV is that it all reminds me of the PBS Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes. Like someone filmed a play. Yeah, or there's that, like a green tint over all of it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That live action wind in the willows. <laughs> it's just like a guy in a beaver suit. <laughs> Like I feel like it should have the the like date stamped on it. Like you're watching, <laughs> yes, you're watching Dad's video like of a t-ball game. Like someone's, like someone was filming a t-ball game in 1989 and then turned the camera slightly to where a plot was happening. So anyway, moral of this long story about Jeeves and Worcester is so that was Saturday that we recorded this show with the Lady of Ladies, and I had this mysterious pain in my abdomen, and I went to bed. Woke up the next day, I was like, man, my abdomen still has this mysterious pain in it. And uh, I went to the urgent care around 5 o'clock. My wife was like, just just go to the ur- urgent care. I'm sure it's not a big deal, but, you know, just go in there and it won't be too long of a wait. I had to wait like three hours to see the doctor to get in in the urgent care, two hours to see the doctor. It's like 10 o'clock at night. He's pressing on my thing. He's like, I don't know. We're going to have to put you through a, a CT scan. So I went through a CT scan. Oh, a Connecticut scan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's where they find your, your beach club. They, and your... <laughs> they check, that's how they check for old money. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so moral of the story is I ended up in a pair of boat shoes lost <laughs> in your abdomen. Salmon-colored shorts. <laughs> I ended up at the emergency room 1 o'clock in the morning with appendicitis. Uh, and I sort of thought that given that they had already gone through this whole diagnostic situation, they would just, like, let me go to the hospital and, like, 
you know, sit in a hospital bed or whatever. But actually, like, what happened is my trip to the urgent care was like a seven-hour process or something that was just a prelude to a regular nightmare uh Emergency room visit. Mm-hmm. Jeez, like I've, it's, three hours to go into urgent care feels like not very urgent. You yeah, know, no, and and let's be clear, uh, appendicitis is an urgent condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, a burst did appendix see, means death. Did you see who was in front of you? Uh, yeah, well, there was, was a homeless like a guy, guy who wanted to use the phone. Sure. <laughs> well, that's urgent. Yeah. Um, he seemed nice enough. He yeah. has to call Old the lady. local. He has to call the local news to tell them to stop beaming suggestions into his brain. There was a uh, uh, yeah. I, I like that's who homeless guys are calling. I ended up and then I ended up in the in a I finally got a bed in the emergency room. Mm-hmm. And I'm there and I'm like, "Great. Well, they're going to go ahead and take out my appendix." And they're like, "Well, when's the last time you ate?" And I'm like, "Well, no one told me not to eat this whole time." <laughs> and so I had eaten <laughs> I brought a few ice cream sandwiches with me. <laughs> they're in my pockets. <laughs> I had eaten a breakfast bar at like uh well, not at breakfast, for one thing. So maybe that's why they were so upset. Sure. Oh, how dangerous. This bar was eaten at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. It says breakfast. I, I ate a breakfast bar at like 9 o'clock at night because it was just in my bag and I was so like tired and so hungry. a Nutri-Grain bar, a kind Yeah, like bar. a Nutri-Grain type bar. What's the brand? Yeah, well, well Trader Joe's brand. Okay. Yeah. But it's the Trader uh, Joe's. This, it was Trader Joe's This Strawberry Walks Into a Bar. I'm familiar <laughs> with that bar. Oh, yeah. I know that That's bar. That's a pretty good bar. I think Trader yeah. Joe's does a pretty good job with those bars across the board. And uh, you know absolutely. what? I'm going to absolve you of your guilt here. I think that's an anytime bar. Thank you very <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much, I appreciate that. Yourself. Yeah, I play pretty fast and loose with bars. So, <laughs> yes. All types of bars are just energy bars, drinking bars also? Uh, sure, yes. Drinking bars, genius bars, all the bars. <laughs> now, uh, I mean, Emmy and I are co-workers, and I don't want to tell tales out of school here. Radioactive bars. But around 4 o'clock, I've seen her nominate a midnight bar. Uh, oh. <laughs> I am a total outlaw with yeah. these things. Yeah, it's just so. a coincidence. That's the name of the show we work on. It's usually a bar that one eats after midnight. So finally I, uh, finally I got into Which I realize makes that remark confusing. I got into this room. They say they're going to they're gonna, uh, take my appendix out at 3.30 in the mm-hmm. morning. So they made me this because I have to wait six hours and to, after eating or something. I don't even know. 3.30 in the morning. At this point, I am in... An absolute – because you can imagine I've not eaten anything in like seven hours. I have not slept and I usually I go to bed at like 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a migraine uh, because I always have a migraine in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm in this sort of daze. Mm-hmm. Oh, and at some point they put some painkiller into me, um, like, you know, some classic hospital-level painkiller, uh, which made me uncomfortably high mm-hmm. – uh, did not help with my pain very much <laughs> and made me break out in a cold sweat all over my body and think I was going to vomit. So that wasn't any fun. Um, and, uh, yeah. But so, I bet the music in the hospital just, like, came alive. Yeah, you know? yeah, all that That's Celine true. Dion. <laughs> well, what's weird is there was a 311 concert going on. Oh, well, there you go. And I Inside like I really, you or? <laughs> yeah. Jesse, during this I time. I eaten the band 311. <laughs> During this time, what color was your energy? (laughs) What was the color of your energy? Um, Whoa. So is it the incredible journey where they get shrunk into pill size Mm -hmm. and swallowed? Yeah. The magic school bus also. (laughs) What's weird is fronting uh, fronting the band 311 was uh, uh, Lily Tomlin. 
which I oh. thought was an interesting choice. Yeah. But definitely added to the Magic School Bus Give me a hit of that painkiller. <laughs> <laughs> it is a shame. A lot of these like 90s nostalgia bands sometimes have to change lineups, so yeah. you're not getting the guys. Right. Sometimes you just get Lily Tomlin in the 311. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. It was really disappointing when I went to see uh, Sugar Ray and expected Mark McGrath and got Paula Poundstone. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that always the way. Mm -hmm. So um, I ended – so they didn't come at 3.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Don't know why. By the way, I'm by myself this whole time. Not through any blame of my wife, but my wife had two small children at home Mm -hmm. who were asleep. And so we didn't think it was worth waking them up and bringing them to the hospital in the middle of the night. Just to, Just to watch know. Daddy die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but wait, so you the the wait was so that you so, so that your food could digest I the one breakfast wait. bar. Yeah, so in t- I had to wait until three so the food could digest. So you were like in a, a uh, this strawberry walks into a bar prison. For- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I couldn't. Um, I was behind bars, literally. Mm. Um, mm. And D- uh, D- uh, D- snap, snap, mm. snap. Say Zion. Mm. That's my spoken word poetry. It's pretty good. Um, so I at 3 o'clock in the morning, they did not come for me. I did not know why. And um, I'm in this cra- – at this point, I'm like completely out of my mind. And as it turned out, I remained completely out of my mind. So then they t- – OK. So then like at like 5 o'clock in the morning, they tell me, we're gonna, not going to do your surgery right now. We're going to do your surgery like 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm like, okay, you know, at least my wife can come because she'll drop the kids off at school. We're going to turn on some infomercials for you. (laughs) Hopefully you can get some sleep. That was like the worst part. The worst part is, so number one, I can't watch the TV because I have a migraine. Mm -hmm. Number two, I can't, uh, after three o'clock, after like 2.30, I couldn't do any, like I had a book with me and my phone with me, but I couldn't use them because they had uh, stapled them all up in bags uh, so that they could keep them while I was in surgery. Like they have this whole procedure. I had to like sign them out and sign all this stuff to check into the hospital and give them all my credit cards so they could put them in a safe. So and you're like, you're like you said, you ring the nurse and you're like, can you go in and uh, into my stuff? There's a book. You'll set a bag. So just open the bag and bring me Uncle Joe's big bathroom reader. <laughs> <laughs> And That's so the, what you were carrying around with you, right? It's a hardcover, toilet-shaped book. Yeah. <laughs> full of, and it's uh, fun facts and blonde jokes. Yeah, that, that, uh, that song about rounding the bases with diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> so they reschedule my thing to 9 a.m., right? When you're sliding in. Sorry, what happens when you're sliding into third? <laughs> I'm so glad you stuck with this. I'm sorry. Something about a third? When you're sliding, yes. Yeah. When, Oh, I wish I remembered all the words to this now. Okay, sliding into third. Wait, so you're sliding third. into first and you know you're going to Yeah, yeah, burst? Feel something burst, sure. Yeah, sliding into second. Yeah, what's second? Third is turd. Third has got to be turd. Is second blackened? Yeah. When you're sliding into second and you feel... Blackened. Like you're pooping. Yes, there you go. Okay. Diary. There's someone diarrhea. in their car right now screaming the right <laughs> words. Oh, no, no. They're tweeting at us. <laughs> All those and probably you nerds too, Emmy. Emmy, sorry in advance. Oh, that's okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Nine o'clock comes and goes. Just don't say anything that happened on Earth Prime happened on Earth 2. 
Uh, I'll, I don't know about either one of those, okay, so well, come at me, I Twitter. Hope <laughs> real, I hope you don't make that mistake. Be real careful if the subject of comedy board games comes up, because mm. that is a very dicey subject. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are I'm they... just telling you some minefields here. Oh, okay. Good to know. Um, so 9 o'clock comes and goes. I, I'm trying to get the woman to come and tell me what's going on. <laughs> like, the nurses are very nice enough. Uh, the daytime nurse is nicer than the nighttime nurses. The urgent care nurse is nicer than the overnight emergency care nurse. It's but, a worse shift. You know, it's yeah, it's a rough job. And frankly, they probably have bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Um, I should mention they were also running a fish fry. Mm. <laughs> um, it was like one of those, you bring a fish and we'll fry it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's down, my hospital's down by the creek. Mm-hmm. Um, They're like, well, we don't have any pain medication. We have this styrofoam cooler filled with brews. <laughs> they just t- underhand toss you one. He's like, they're like, you can't eat anything except night crawlers. Yeah, and this coleslaw. <laughs> so um, nine o'clock comes and goes. Here, play this washboard. <laughs> I'm not allowed to eat. I'm not allowed to eat anything. And like at like noon, maybe uh, my wife helps me get in a fight with him. Because I was not capable of getting in a fight with them. Mm-hmm. I had had to beg. The overnight nurse also didn't want to get my migraine prescription for some reason. I don't know why. Like a physical fight? Like she weakened at Bernie's you into a fight? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she – it was your wife and then Jonathan Silverman. And they propped you up on their shoulders and made you do like spin kicks? For some reason, the overnight nurse thought I definitely wasn't allowed to have my migraine medication. And then I'm just like – well, then can I either eat or can you just do this surgery? Because the migraine is at least as bad as the as the abdominal pain. Um, and she was like, I don't know. No, you can't have anything in your stomach. I'm it's like, probably just hard to take you seriously in a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses. I, that was the problem. I think that was ultimately the problem. And um, so anyway, the next nurse just was like, yeah, sure. What's your migraine medication? He just brought it to me. I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, Jesse, you're going to need to uh, abandon your 80s sex comedy lifestyle. I know, I know, I know. But I love just, water skiing. That's Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and scoping babes. Yeah. So anyway, moral of the story is I, I finally had this surgery at 9 o'clock at night. With, I hadn't, by that point, I literally hadn't eaten for 24 hours. Um, I was completely cross-eyed. And this is what they told me when they – first of all – Did you feel like so skinny? I did. Now I feel I feel kind of sexy, like weak but sexy. <laughs> Jesse, your thighs aren't touching and I hate you right now. <laughs> so jealous. <laughs> I remember when they, were, when they were taking me to the surgery, I was in a gurney, you know, or a rolling hospital bed or One whatever. One of those deathbeds. And um, – they're pushing me through double doors. A literal deathbed. <laughs> They're pushing me like, through sorry, double we, doors. We were going to have a doctor come out and tell you, but uh, we didn't want you to find out like this. But this is a deathbed. You bed. die on this one. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole time I'm sort of having this well, Why of... instead of a headboard does it have a tombstone? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah. This is the one you die on. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time they're pushing me through the halls and I'm sort of having this – it's like an out-of-body experience, but instead mm-hmm. of seeing myself from the third person – I was seeing what was in front of me from a point of view shot in a medical drama mm-hmm. as my, my feet pushed all of the doors open and like oh, that's the cool. and like the doors went past on the sides and the the lights went past on the top. The Did anybody vessel- carrying a lot of papers do like a you know little like <laughs> that double stepping like whoa, 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 out of the way? There's just a guy in a softball uniform with like a, with like an ice pack held up to his face. <laughs> and a Doctor baseball, shoves him against the wall. Yeah. 
And they, I know how you feel because over the weekend I played the Oculus Rift Emergency Room Simulator. There you go. Which is just that. Can I tell you that I felt like I probably had um, I probably had appendicitis because as a kid, for some reason, I played a lot of this DOS game called Life or Death that was a doctor's game. Uh-huh. Like you were a doctor, and like the I think it was a text game. The main thing, no, it had pictures, but they were shitty pictures. And sure. the main thing that you could do was palpate stomachs. <laughs> and so, like, I'm like, I know what's going to happen. They're going to palpate my stomach and see if my lower right quadrant is tender. <laughs> if it is, that means appendicitis. And then they're going to try and enter the Minotaur's cave. Oh, wait, that was King's Quest. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they wheel me into they wheel me into the operating room, which was exactly – I had never had surgery before. And honestly, I was kind of scared of surgery. Mm-hmm. Um and it was exactly like that scene in Is It Meaning of Life? One of the Python movies has an extended medical parody where they're just talking about what noises the machines yeah, make. Yeah, the like, little machine the that beep. goes bing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's funny. But then I thought, oh, it's not funny because I could die. Sure. Um, and then they said, we're, you know, the doctors had sort of shook my hand in the hallway and said – Oh, you know, and and Dr. Chen or whatever his name was, the anesthesiologist, is explaining to me uh, in a very heavy accent how it's, you know, he's going to give me this, this uh, he's going to give me a sedative that's going to put me to sleep. And then he, he said to me, like, as we pulled into the thing, he says, we're going to give you the blah, blah, blah. And he goes, that's the one Michael Jackson likes so much. Put him right to sleep. And I'm like... Oh my god! <laughs> Yay, the one that killed him. <laughs> so you're, you know, the, the crazy guy who died. Yeah. Saying it to me, Listen, we're not giving you a pedestrian sedative. This is a sedative fit for the king of pop. Yeah, it's not even horse strength. It's <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, like this is this has to be his go-to line, right? Yeah. He has to use this on everybody. And at no point did any of the other doctors or nurses say to him, like, "Hey, Doctor Chen." Remember how Michael Jackson died of sedatives? <laughs> God, that's so scary. What a like would you think he was joking or was it like that's actually the one? I think no. I think that's what they gave me. Damn. Yeah. I think he's allowed to make a joke about it, but I don't think he's allowed to tell me they're giving me a medicine that they're not giving me. You're like, me. Whoa, 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 you're like just before you administer that, I'm more of a Prince fan. <laughs> Which one? What does Prince take when he wants to? Uh... What keeps him so youthful? Yeah. Like, seriously, can I get some of that Rick James shit? <laughs> he seemed like he was having a better time. Um, so then I, yeah, then I woke up really confused. And my wife explained to me that as I was coming out of the, as I was coming out of the surgery uh, haze, uh, the woman, the nurse there was asking me these questions, you know, like, can you stand up? Like, do you feel this? Do you feel that? You know. And apparently I only answered like 40 percent of them. And so like she would ask a question and I would – she would ask like, you know, I can you – you know, can you move your fingers or whatever? And I would go – She's like, so just we, – we ask everybody this like, who's the president? What year is it? What happens when you're sliding into third? <laughs> Uh, I feel like I'm going to burst. I'm sorry. He's, we're going to need to hold him for a couple more hours. Yeah, the answer is juicy turd. Everyone knows it's turd. <laughs> <laughs> Just common knowledge. And then over the PA. Does anyone know what the second what one second? is? I mean, nothing really seems to rhyme with second. So I apparently was just, they were asking me questions and I would go, yeah. And then nothing else would come <laughs> out of my mouth. They'd have to like move on to the next question. Oh. And then uh, they kick me out of the hospital. It's a lot easier to get out of the hospital than it is sure. to get 
into the surgery is what I learned. Yeah, they have, uh, <laughs> they have down ramps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Were you in a wheelchair? Uh, no, I, walk, I walked out, uh, a, I don't know, two, three hours after the surgery. Wow. Do you feel like you've tested your limits? Do you feel like a changed man because you know that you can survive an ordeal? Yeah, I mean, it's not... I don't feel as good as when I took a man's life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, like watching his soul sort of pass out, you know, it's like the fire behind his sure. eyes die and sort of disappear. Um, and knowing that I was the one extinguishing it is probably mm-hmm. the most transformed I've ever felt. Yeah. Um, because it means that I have a godlike power. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah, you're the master of life and death. We yeah, perfectly normal human experience. Well, I wouldn't say I'm the master of life and death, but mm-hmm. I got pretty good at it, playing yeah, it okay. on my mom's IBM PC. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. The thing, I was surprised to learn that the by far the thing that upset me the most about it was the presence of staples in my body. Oh, yeah. Um, because... Because the customer service is so bad there. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't know if there's someone in my body being rude right now. I, I'm just um, trying to buy a thing of Red Vines. Sorry. It just doesn't feel like a medical instrument, a staple. Sure. It feels like a cubicle instrument. Yes. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem I like the, the right thing. Are, are different. What if they just called them something different? Because I'm sure it's not just a staple you would buy at Staples or probably a medical grade. Would you rather them call, you know, rather, you know, them be called, you know. They're uh, still made by swing line, though, right? Yeah, (laughs) gut fasteners or something. Yeah, I was going to say something with fasteners, too. But it would be great to see the doctor, you know, pry open the back half so you can get that good long stapler. Yeah, And do that thing thing like when you're trying to, like, hang up a poster where you just smack it, (laughs) where you just smack it against the wall. He's like, I can get this in one. Nurse, he just doesn't have the abs. <laughs> yeah. There's too much give here. Did they? Did you see your appendix before they put it in the dumpster out back? No. I've heard that sometimes they even give it to you. You should make a tea out of it. Oh, that cleansing is true. Tea. That's what cats do when they get their appendixes mm-hmm. out. I think that's what Gwyneth Paltrow does to yeah, stay, sure. <laughs> to stay the, the weird alien she is. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, it was a it was an interesting. She throws experience. on her hundred dollar t shirt, <laughs> makes a little appendix tea, takes a little bite, mm-hmm. and then tries to live on food stamps for two hours. Mm. Yeah, so I I was gonna be in, I was gonna be in Brooklyn as we record this, um, but I am not in Brooklyn. I couldn't go to the uh, show at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. My apologies to because all they're the... racist against people who have no appendixes. Well, because I would have set off the metal detectors at the airport. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't get the paperwork, you know. Those they find those staples with that hand wand, you know. Also, they put in a metal replacement appendix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh boy. Would you say you're more machine than man? Mm, I'm like fifty-fifty at this point. I'm a, I'm definitely an android. Yeah. Wait, How no, many? a cyborg. Uh, Sorry. Please do not tweet me. Which which uh, which fingers can fire lasers now? Like every other finger. That's good. <laughs> so it's like it's thumb, middle, pinky on my right hand, and then pointer and ring on my left hand. It's like how you figure out which months are short and which months are long. Yeah, or which ones you should eat oysters. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had um, I actually had a pearl surgically ins- inserted into my cavity. Oh, that's beautiful. It is really beautiful. I mean, it's it, to me, it's like a it's not so much about the value of the pearl, though it's a very valuable pearl. 
it's like a lesson about what we do when life gets gritty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean, Emmy? When life gives you lemons. Yeah. Put a pearl inside your body. <laughs> exactly. Roll them around with other detritus from the seafloor inside mm-hmm. your body until it, the lemon becomes shiny. Perfect. And opalescent. Yes. And then your wife cut her hair, but you got her a comb. Yeah, exactly. Wait. Oh, Henry. (laughs) By the way, I'm eating an Oh, Henry bar, despite the fact that I am reading Steinbeck. Took me a minute to pull the name of a different... This is getting too complicated. Short story writer. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm just trying to say I'm a bar outlaw, too. I mean, I'm not... You're not the only one. Way to go. I really like how that one bar figures into this story. I'm stronger than ever. Yeah. Are you now going going forward, are you going to eat more or less Trader Joe's breakfast bars? More. I mean, because I associate <laughs> them with becoming more powerful and... It's great. And accessing your limits. Access to medical care. Mm-hmm. Or defying the medical system, which... Sure. If you ask me, America's healthcare system's broken. Mm. I mean, if we can't... If we can't get a single breakfast bar out of a dying man. Yeah. <laughs> what can we do? Exactly. I actually called the White House. Mm-hmm. I said, you have something to answer for. Mm. President Obama. Ooh, boy. President did you, did Barack Obama. Did you think of that beforehand or did you just come up with that on the spot? Because that's good. Barack Obama? Yeah. I, I had written that in my journal. Okay. That's B apostrophe I-R-A-Q, right? Barack yeah. Great. Got us into a got us into that war. Yeah, boy. What a quagmire. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about. I know the one. <laughs> talking quags. <laughs> do you have any pain do you have like access to pain? Did they give you Valium or something? They did. They gave me some something called Norco. Hmm. Which is I like heard of that one. Yeah, it's like a Valium type deal. Uh doesn't uh I found it binding. Mm-hmm. Um I would say that's its number one effect on me. Is to your poops? Yeah. It's binding your poops? Besides uh. that, I um, uh, I can't recommend it. Okay. I Oh, you like the poop binding? No. That's a positive. <laughs> okay. You're like, other than the poop Besides binding. Besides feeling great. totally blocked up yeah. inside. I had just been rounding third. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I got some painkillers, but I it's hard. I don't, I, I, I don't enjoy them that much. I don't enjoy being out of my mind particularly. Sure. I think I don't trust it enough to enjoy it. It's yeah. painkillers are not my like substantive choice either. The one time I took them for like a wisdom tooth removal surgery, I fell asleep on top of my mom's car keys <laughs> and woke up with like a really deep imprint on them in my hip and didn't feel a thing. And I was like, this isn't like the fun kind of drugs <laughs> where you wake up with like a Shaw's Rewards card. <laughs> like just <What>? totally <laughs> Shaw's is a grocery store in the New England region. <laughs> Where you wake up with one of those just fused to your thigh fat. Like, yeah. that's not cool. But, I mean, you get, I mean, the positive is, like, you don't have to bring it to the library when you want books. Just <laughs> scan my thigh. Yeah. the barcode's there. Just hold it up to my ass, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Jesse, the- this is maybe, you know, this this suggestion might be inappropriate, and I apologize if I'm, you know, being inappropriate with But have suggestion. you tried snorting them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you, tried, have you tried just cramming it up your ass? It'll get right into your bloodstream. <laughs> Uh, and then you can enjoy the rest of the 311 concert. Yeah. Uh, maybe try, you know. Selling them on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, selling them on Craigslist. <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, 
send the kids somewhere for the night. I don't know where the kids go for the night. Uh, pull one, pull one out my butt and see what happens. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> give one to the give one to the wife. Mm-hmm. One to the dog. One to the dog. <laughs> one to the other dog. One to the wife. You take one. Enjoy a little lovemaking. Oh, you know, just with a nice intimate buzz. You know that I can't move my uh, abdomen, right? No, oh, yeah, you just lay there. Oh, okay. Yeah. She all, you just vibrate next to each other in the bed. I literally have to get doctor's permission to engage in sexual activity. <laughs> Teresa needs to see a note. I mean, that was also the case before because of the the level of chlamydia that I had. Uh, yeah, of course. You got to um, pick up that phone. Dr. Goldstein, can I fuck my wife? <laughs> is it still gross down there? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Go to town, my friend. Funkier than ever. <laughs> and then you high five over the phone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, mostly I've spent the last four days <coughs> outside of outside of shooting a video yesterday to uh, uh, play at this uh, show in Brooklyn mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be at. Um, I spent the last four days lying backwards on the couch uh, watching the Antiques Roadshow on the PBS app on my Xbox 360. That's fun. Uh, That's got to be the first, the first Xbox Antiques Roadshow uh, where those roads cross. What's, ni- what's, nice about it, what's nice about it is that it is really the perfect show for sliding into and out of consciousness. Yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a thing about you know, being sick or being in a lot of pain is like, you're like, well, I'm home. I can, you know, just do those things that I, you know, wish I was at home. I can catch up on a show. I could do some reading. But those don't work when you are in so much pain. So you just have to, right, exactly, find a show or something that you can have on that distracts enough, but you can zone in and out of. Yeah, what's nice about the Antiques Roadshow specifically, I mean, I love the Antiques Roadshow one way or another. Straight or sober, I love the Roadshow. But I I think what's nice about it is first of all it's modular, so any what happens in segment one doesn't affect what happens in segment three. Exactly, right. any given three minutes of the Antiques Roadshow is essentially a standalone. But I think that's a mistake for them. I mean, think think connective universes are so big these days, right? I mean, I think that they should be building a larger narrative that maybe can cross over into other PBS shows. Do you think they could build some sort of meta narrative? Do you think it would be possible for them to develop an ARG? Oh, like uh, by meta, do you mean like they can somehow comment on the production of the show and like problems it's having, or like PBS management, like having a character, yeah, like that professional is a, wrestling, yeah, like, like a have, Vince McMahon type, sure, character. having a character that is a surrogate or a stand-in for, um, you know, John PBS, the owner of PBS. Honestly, I think Mark L. Wahlberg, known the world over as the world's worst Mark Wahlberg, would be a lot better as a as a McMahon type figure, sure. Vince McMahon type figure than he is as the host of the show. Like if they had him lording over the universe of and like hiring and firing the appraisers, like setting feuds together. And then you also kind of get a little bit of a peek into the writer's room, but you do not break what is called kayfabe. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's antiques fabe. Uh, Yeah. I think you could probably turn up the drama on that. At the very least, I would like a, a Marilyn Manson parody we're all stars now in the road show. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what's missing. Has anyone done that? I don't know. I need a crotchless antiques dealer. I mean, I think the pro- – listen. The idea is basically perfect. It's basically perfect other than the fact that there is no audience for it. Right. Other I mean, it's that, us. It's, I think yeah, it's – Yeah, this room. We're all here. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hey everybody, it's Barbara from the Lady to Lady Podcast. And Brandy, also from the Lady to Lady Podcast. What? Uh, We are going on a tour in the Pacific Northwest starting May 11th, and we're coming to a bunch of cities. Where are we going? We're going to Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, Salem, Oregon, Eureka, California, Oakland, California, Ventura, California, and stopping at the tour in Los Angeles at the UCB Sunset on May 23rd. Ooh, and I think, I just think you can get your tickets and info at ladytoladycomedy.com. You are correct, Barb. Wow, let's go get our tickets now and we'll see you out there. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Emmy Blotnick, Regal Fecal Beagle. <laughs> Regal Fecal Beagle? Yeah, I threw fecal in there. Cool, man. <laughs> shit and dog was my alt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could go shit and dog. <laughs> or, a, or a more specific, rhymier shit and dog. <laughs> Emmy, can we get some alts on that nickname? Uh, majestic uh, Poop and Pitbull? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Okay. A lot of poop on this episode. Yeah, you it's know, I your was just fault, appendix pr- guy. I was just feeling proud of myself, thinking before the show, like you know, we do a lot of dick jokes on Jordan Jesse Go. There's a lot of sex stuff, but we do generally stay away from the poop and pee stuff. It's because we're running a pretty classy operation. That's nah, just all poop all the time. Broadening our horizons. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a sweet way to look at it. Sure. Lou Diamond Phillips, I looked it up on Wikipedia yep. during the break. Uh, half Filipino, uh, half, uh, half uh, Scotch-Irish mm-hmm. with uh, some Spanish ancestry. So, Oh, there you go. Well, he's one of entertainment's great half Filipinos. There you go. Along with our friend Brent Weinbach and, of course, Rob Schneider. Oh, but I did not look up what happened when you slide into second. Let's just hold <laughs> it. You guys chat. I'm going to type in sliding. I guess what's going this on is with the, you, the, This is the great cliffhanger of this episode. Yeah. Oh, um, you know. Uh, hmm. This is – I'm so distracted by the suspense of what happens when you I'm slide into say second. sliding in, Okay. So Google completed it for me. Sliding into second and you feel – let's see. Sliding into first. Blackened. Greasy what turd. is blackened? And you feel – I was going to say you feel like Barbara Streisand, but that doesn't rhyme. This – I don't know if this is right. Um, and by the way, on this website, uh, I can download full version diarrhea song. <laughs> when you're sliding into two and your pants are filled with goo. <laughs> that, that seems, seems wrong. wrong. That yeah. seems like they – Fucking, that's a retcon well, situation. It feels like bending the format to go first and third, but then to call second two. Right. Uh, and also, is goo the way you want to go with that rhyme? Because here's the thing like, <laughs> how much goo do you have to eat? Goo being that kind of like uh, energy substance that. Oh, like, it's GU with an umlaut. Yeah. Goo. <laughs> how much goo do you have to eat? In order for that to be what comes out of your body. Well, I mean, 
And does it come out in its original form anyway? I've, I've never sorry, tried I'm, I'm going. In, I'm going into some shady websites when you're sliding in the shower and you feel something sour. No, I mean, no. Oh boy, they're getting fur- colder and colder. Who plays Don't the shoot the messenger. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. Can we talk about goo a little more? Sure, please. I have never tried I'm going goo. to. By the way, now I'm on diarrhea-song.blogspot.com. <laughs> if you guys want to head over there. You're going to make this the number one song on iTunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have never had the lifestyle to merit buying and consuming goo, but I'm dying to know what it's like. You're more of a bar chick. I'm definitely a bar chick because there are bars that are for lazy people who don't want to make meals, but there's no goo. For Goo is specifically to squeeze into your mouth while you hike up a mountain. <laughs> imagine imagine Gatorade that's the consistency of Gogurt. Oh, my, I'm like still processing what that is. So, uh, oh, okay. And I know this not because I have ever been in a situation where I needed a quick burst of energy. Uh, to be fair, like my lifestyle demands like a sustained four out of ten <laughs> level of energy yeah. at best. Um, and I- I'm really comfortable sustaining it with just chicharrones. <laughs> um, I once ate a, something called – I think it was called a builder bar and I didn't look at what any of the packaging said until after it was gone. But it was like – 360 calories, like 48 grams of protein. And I was like, I haven't exercised in six years. <laughs> like, why am I? Oh, I don't deserve this. Boy, okay. I'm I'm no closer to, to an answer. This website, which is called odps.org slash glossword, is when you – sorry. Come to your home. Sliding into, you're sliding into second – and your shorts are fuller than you've reckoned. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh All of these are such a stretch. Yeah. Then you They're... have reckoned or then you had then reckoned? Then you've, with an apostrophe. It seems like you'd reckoned. Then you've reckoned, like in the Well, how past. would you even know if there... Oh, yeah, there's some conjugation problems, Jesse. Shit reckoner sounds like a reality <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> or something that Chuck Norris would have played in the 80s. Yes, perfect. Chuck Norris, shit reckoner. <laughs> I want to get. Let's get off of this topic. Yeah, we, I don't, we I don't have care. For no, it. we can. No, we can move on. Okay. I don't care for it. I want to talk about. I don't know a novelty food product or yeah. something. Uh, I mean, at work, I I got a little bit of a story from you, but maybe I feel like not the whole thing. That you uh, you recently purchased a men's only hangover tea. Yes, exactly. I was excited about this podcast because it's in the same neighborhood as where I purchased the men's only hangover tea. Uh, it's. There are a few really good Korean grocery stores around here, uh, and they sell this. It's raisin tea. Uh, when you Google it, very little comes up. It's uh, like there's not apparently a lot of – like a good diarrhea song apparently. Yeah. A it's as much to... a mystery as what happens when you slide into second. <laughs> it's, uh, Sliding into, into first and you can't figure out the verse. Sure. <laughs> it's a black hole like second base when you have diarrhea Sure, uh, information-wise. Oh, but it's like now. Why is this something that you were looking for? Is this something that you had in the past? What what brought it to your attention? You well, were just looking for dried squid. <laughs> I actually did buy dried squid, and my car still smells like it. So <laughs> I I can't rec. It's like it's not delicious enough to make your car smell that bad. But um, the I like uh, going to like all, you know grocery stores where you can just sort of wander around and see things you haven't seen before. And uh, the they have like green tea that comes in a bottle that's like 
good and strong and it's unsweetened and it's really delicious. And I usually buy like a big bottle of that. And next to it, there was barley tea and raisin tea. So I bought one of all of them. Uh, barley tea is kind of good. Yeah, barley tea is all right. Uh, but the raisin one is really delicious. And I didn't realize until I got home that it says it's for men <laughs> in, in big white letters. It says it's for men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the back, it says uh, it's a cure for hangovers. Now, so. would you say that – do you think that the reason that it's for men is because of its pH balance? Probably. I mean, I don't know. It that what... it's just strong enough for a man is what I'm throwing out there. Sure. But, you know, like the deodorant, good enough for a woman too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it's a, this is a fun sort of rule-bending thing for me to just sit at home chugging this dude tea. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been feeling? Have you been feeling more masculine? Well, my erections are harder than ever before. Okay. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I don't feel any different. Hmm. Um, but it is really tasty. Does it claim to help the er- – I mean, what kind of information are you getting from the box? Almost none. Okay. <laughs> How's your Korean? <laughs> uh, it's, it is non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I really wish I'd brought some here. If, we, if I'd known we were going to talk about it, I would have. But uh, Why do you say that it's raisin tea? Are there pictures of raisins on it? That's what the bottle says. I don't know if that means – I'm wondering if they have a different take on raisins because it's a big picture of a tree on the front. And it, I mean, I don't know. That's on our box of raisins as well. <laughs> sure. But uh, it's, it, it doesn't taste like a raisins tree? specifically. Raisins don't grow on trees. I'm learning something new every day. <laughs> Have you tried it? Have you tried it to to use it to combat a hangover? Eh, sort of. I'll, I'll have it when I whenever you would want a beverage, sure. and it's just good. Yeah. Does it taste like raisins? Not really. Does it taste like prunes, which do grow on trees? No, it tastes sort of like a sweet cardboard. <laughs> uh, but I don't know why it is enjoyable. It does so. sound nice. Yeah. I mean, probably because of the sweetness that makes that enjoyable. But it's a very, it's a very delicate sweetness. It doesn't have sugar in it. Oh, mm-hmm. oh it's like oh, a it's natural, like a honey. Sure, yes, yeah. like a, a natural honeyed cardboard. <laughs> so. Something with a sap. Does it taste sappy at all? It might have a touch of sap. <laughs> I'm mostly just. I googled because I was like, well, where does this come from, and why? Why is it a dude tea and all of that? And there's just there's almost nothing out there that I could find. So it's unfortunate that. Emmy isn't here last week. Last week we had Colin Marshall on the board. Mm-hmm. Colin Marshall speaks Korean. Oh boy, that would I'm really I'm curious about it. I like I, this. If any if anybody from Twitter is going to get active about anything we talk about, I hope somebody's got some info on yeah. this raisin man tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I I um, I wonder. Uh, yeah, I, maybe it's just. I mean, maybe it could be a could could be a cultural thing. It could be that you know men are the more hungover gender, possibly. Yeah, um, I saw. I had a weird, what the fuck does this mean? Uh, moment today, looking at some text. I, um, if you guys are kind of no, noticing an effervescence about me, I was. I just I just assumed that you uh, maybe had been drinking some champagne before the show. Uh, well, funny you should mention that. I'm. Uh, I'm just coming off of Mother's Day brunch. <laughs> so if you're sensing an energy, mm-hmm. a kind of excitement, sure. it's because I'm coming off that. Because he, she just told you you're the most handsome boy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, guys, I, I don't want to get braggy here. Hashtag humble brag. But my mom's very proud of me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got that energy. I got that brunchy, chit-chatty, what-have-you-been-up-to energy. Um, 
and I'm I'm just glad to have somewhere to channel it, like at you guys. That's good. But um, guys, let's dish. Yeah, and um, I uh, it's very nice. My sister uh, lived in Orange County before, and now she lives in LA. So we kind of have my mom outnumbered as far as where we meet up. So yeah, now, plus, it's your special day. Plus, it's my special day. <laughs> it was a combo Mother's Day uh, belated birthday. Gotcha. So, mom's coming up here. I picked the spot, and I think I got the like Mother's Day one-two punch of a successful restaurant. Not only did she say this place is really cute, but also this place is a little funky. That is that's that's the greatest gift you can give a parent when yeah. you go out somewhere is to make them feel a little cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think and I think that we. You know, as cosmopolitan types, mm-hmm. we really take for granted that maybe there are places in America where everything is not served in a mason jar. So when you go to a restaurant and you get a cocktail in a mason jar, it could be pretty revolutionary. Can I admit something to you? Please. I accidentally let my subscription to Cosmopolitan lapse. Jesse. I can update you guys because I just bought this month's issue. Okay. And there's a, a page in it that says the headline is. It's not the headline. It's the the article header. It says, they like blowjobs. And then it says, (laughs) hold on, let me read this. Let me get this down verbatim. What's they? The Reds? They they is men, as you will find out in the first sentence of the information. Take a picture of this because it was so useful. They like blowjobs. 90% of men like blowjobs, at least, quote unquote, somewhat. (laughs) And about 50% like them very much, studies have found. (laughs) Wait. I paid $4 for this. (laughs) (laughs) Who are they asking this to? Who... Presumably psychology grad students, right? Yeah, they go to a mall with a clipboard and they like they go like somewhat or very much. Somewhat (laughs) or very much. (laughs) I huh. Okay. Now listen, I know that everybody's got a different deal in the bedroom. Sure. And to some people, you know, I know that the the blowjob is the main event, and I know for some people it's more foreplay. Right. But even if that's the case, who who's not saying very much? You know? Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it's people who are really uncomfortable with themselves that'll maybe... Oh, I guess I'll go with somewhat. I, I yeah, find blowjobs tolerable. What number should I give them for tolerable? Yeah. Not unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. And then they issue a bulletin to women of America. Preferable to slamming my hand in the car door. <laughs> um... I find them about as enjoyable as a later episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> oh, pleasant, like affable. Pleasant. Yeah, and I certainly I have a certain fondness for those involved. Yeah. <laughs> Good performances. Yeah, strong performances. Yeah. Maybe they were spinning their wheels a little bit toward the end. Sure. <laughs> Wait, are we still talking about blowjobs? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so the weird so this brunch place we went to had a, an unlimited mimosa option. Fuck oh, yeah! Wow. But their caveat, and this was on the menu. Los Angeles wins again, by the way. New York has cracked down on unlimited mimosas. Oh, that's right. I heard that because I, yeah. I hear it was getting like rowdy. Well, right? the places that do that in New York are just total like douche hives. Like they turn into festering uh, uh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> They turn into a festering asshole. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you, yeah, I mean, you, you actually just came from New York. Can you confirm that these brunches were getting out of control? 
Did yeah. you ever witness it up close? There, I recall a, a story that got picked up by a bunch of local news places of uh, an unlimited brunch place <laughs> where people were getting so wasted in the middle of the day that they would like pass out in the street and barf on expensive cars and uh, it was a lot of it, you know it was like a nightclub that was serving brunch it's the wrong it gets the wrong kind of people excited sure so the bridge and tunnel crowd am I right guys oh, oh boy. I heard about it on NY1 it's a popular local television station it's the best local television station I still station. have a script subscription in New York magazine <laughs> <laughs> um, but this menu they have they have unlimited mimosa and uh, the caveat on the menu was everyone at table must participate. Whoa. <laughs> so I guess this this place does not allow for you guys having a drug, or a designated driver or the <laughs> fact that you would ever eat with a sober person. That's crazy. Yeah. I like that. Like, I you're wonder- in or you're fucking out. <laughs> you're a jet. You're a jet. Yeah. I mean, a, a part of me thinks like, well, that's really inconvenient, and it you know probably makes some people feel excluded. But also, like, you have to admire the like balls to the wall. Like, we're all doing this. Like, we are all getting drunk at eleven. Anyway, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, on the plus side, they won't get scurvy. Yeah, totally. Did that's you... probably what it's about. It's probably about preventing scurvy. That's yeah, that's true too. You know, this is, were there a lot of members of the British Navy there? <laughs> there yeah, there were. And, yeah, and their mothers. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. It Having is, some right? hard tack together. Yeah, a little time on land. <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh, I will I will confess right out here, I have never done unlimited uh, mimosas at brunch. Really? I like a brunch. I like a nice brunch. I like a nice brunch with friends. You like mimosas? Uh, I like them okay, yeah. Mimosas are kind of nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a non-drinker, but I've I've tasted a mimosa. Yeah, they're delightful. Yeah, they they have a pleasant they have a pleasant quality to them. I don't like when people hate on brunch too hard. I understand that it is a, an obnoxious white people thing. Sure, uh, but it's it's just enjoyable, and everybody's got to calm down a little. I, you know, I I feel you. I feel you too, because I recognize the ridiculousness of brunch culture yes. as it stands. Yes, and yes, it's silly, and yes, it's silly to wait in line, but brunch is most often delicious. Anyway, I'm much too hungry to enjoy brunch. Yeah, I'm, like, I, I'm against brunch, but not on principle for purely practical. practical reasons. Well, I am far too wake hungry up, to enjoy brunch. Have a bar. Well, that's what I literally have to. This is how I eat brunch. Mm-hmm. If I my, my wife likes brunch, as all like all middle class women in America <laughs> do, um, and uh, so if I'm going to have brunch, I have to push it back to 11:30 mm-hmm. or noon. And I just eat a full breakfast when I wake up. <laughs> sure. And then I just hope they'll let me order off a lunch menu. I feel a little bit – I mean I, this is this is an imperfect comparison, but I feel a little bit like like the, the aggression towards brunch is a little bit like the aggression towards Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. You know, like people are real mad at Wes Anderson movies. And it's like, OK, is this silly? Of course this is silly. Is this – for whites only. Yes, this is for whites only. Is, it is an- this great? It's pretty great. Yeah. So let's, I don't know, let's. For whites and Danny Glover. For whites and Danny Glover. Donald Glover? <laughs> Donald Glover? I, do, He's probably in. He probably in. I bet he likes brunch and Wes Anderson yes. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's like, yes, yes. I, it, I agree is that the, I can understand teasing something, but sometimes it goes too far into hatred. Yes. Yeah. The the backlash. Yeah. Uh, also, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Lay off them. They were fine. <laughs> Did 
Did you get uh, good and wasted with your mom at brunch? You know, this is uh, – I think this is something we mentioned on the show before is I am a little afraid to drink in front of my parents. Ooh. My mom was a non-drinker throughout my uh, growings up. <gasps> Me too. Yeah. And it, she recently she, – she got remarried and occasionally I'll go over to their house and I'll see a little half-empty bottle of wine. And, uh, you know, I know mom's husband Brad likes a – you know, a craft beer. He likes a fine scotch. <laughs> so I think my mom has has come around on drinking. I think she can do it socially and do it for fun. Um, my dad had alcohol. Had, my dad had alcohol problems, so I think uh. it was not fun for her to drink uh, because I think she associated with <laughs> there being a problem later. That makes now great she, sense. Now she associates with Brad having more fun with his trombone solos. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> the Brad, solos get way. Brad plays the trombone, and Ooh. yeah, when Brad's had a couple, you know, it's it gets it gets dirtier. But throws it gets... on one of those Tower of Power records, starts playing along. Mm, huh? Yum yum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a similar. My mom would do like a glass of wine here and there. My dad didn't drink at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once, you know, the kids are out of the house and stuff, I remember I came home and saw a bottle of Grey Goose in the freezer. And hey, oh, she, she's premium, the good stuff. Oh, yeah, she's treating herself. Your mom and sounds like a classy lady. She's fun. Yeah. She's like, you know what takes the edge off a day? A glass of vodka. <laughs> she, <laughs> Classic mom. Yeah. It's like, this is a whole new person. Yeah. But good no, I feel, like I, should, <laughs> I feel like I want to get over that hump, though. I feel like I want to be – I think what, what has to happen – is we have to go to dinner and I have to be the one to instigate it. Like, mm-hmm. I have to be the one to be like, oh, guys, guys, we've got to try the Moscow Mules here. That is a great drink. And then everybody will try one. Yeah. Anyway. But I don't know. I, I, I still am a little bit – like I also don't like to swear in front of my parents. I do a lot of casual swearing, you know, in my day-to-day life. Uh, it's weird. I've never heard you swear on this show. Oh, I don't consider this my day-to-day life. Gotcha. I consider this a fantasy zone. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Is that why you're constantly talking about Mulder dating Scully? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, yeah. This podcast is not in continuity with my life. Gotcha. It's a what if. Um, I guess, yeah, you, sort of, you, you, you ease on the brakes a little bit on all your cool guy habits. Sure. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I think I should start drinking and swearing in front of my mom. Yeah. I think you should also start riding your motorcycle on the podcast. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. Do you think we can set up a recording equipment as I tear down, you know, the Highway 66? Yeah. Have the guest be your hog. <laughs> yeah. And the what about the open road? Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> Every guest on Jordan, Jesse, Go is the open road and the American spirit. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. La, 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 la. Ty is a pedantic person. I think when he pronounces these words, it's, it's in a very show-offy way. Gyro. Gyro. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Ayers Rock. Uluru. <laughs> <laughs> what you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with real cases. They call in via Skype to Judge John Hodgman's court, the real people's court. Now I call you to judge John Hodgman's internet court. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. It's Jordan, Jesse, though. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Emmy Blotnick, Regal Beagle. So when something momentous happens to you, say you get your appendix out, 
You should have our phone number, 206-984-4FUN, in your telephone, ready to go, so that as soon as you come out of that Michael Jackson haze, you can press go on your telephone, call in, and share with us what just happened to you for our segment, Momentous Occasions. We've got two calls on the line here. Let's take the first one. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. Uh, this is Chris calling from Philadelphia. I was just walking down the street, and uh, this uh, kid was in the front basket of this guy's bike. Like, it was a really big front basket, and he was brandishing a Nerf gun. And he just screams, Nerf or nothing! So that was pretty neat. <laughs> right, bye. Is the slogan for Nerf still, Nerf or nothing? Was that the slogan for Nerf before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it was, it's up there with the great slogans of, of my youth. Nerf or nothing. You'll Gen- get stuck in the crossfire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Yeah. Gonna do it in the crossfire. Crossfire. Yeah. You yeah, get caught yeah. up in the... <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I was seeing that commercial up until very recently. I think like, they haven't crossfire... changed a thing about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's they the same They probably run kit. that, like, at movie theaters even right now. Sure. Before the main program, you know, right. as mm-hmm. the main You got to get a kids juiced a for, to see it. Get a kids for, juiced for Crossfire. Sure. I remember there were some Nerf products, like the scoops, where you would throw, it's like uh, like some kind of squishy ball in a plastic scoop, oh, and yeah. in that instance, I would choose nothing. <laughs> uh, hey, it's Nerf or nothing? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll have nothing. No, thank there's you, whole, Nerf. Uh, there's a whole, at the Target, mm-hmm. uh, I went to the Target to try and buy a birthday present for a child is a very difficult challenge. If Too many things to ahead. choose from. Well, yeah. I mean, please, you don't want to just buy them a random toy because that's sort of an imposition to just introduce a random. So you want to buy like a book or something. Mm. Uh, but Target has How a – How old is this child? How old are we talking? We're talking about three-year-olds. Okay. And we're talking about a selection of books at the Target. They have like six books. <laughs> no, but bookstores don't really exist anymore. So <laughs> yeah. You're either you planned ahead or you're going to the Target to buy one of the six books they have on offer. <laughs> All Agatha Christie novels. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think at Target it's a whole Dr. Oz related things, right? Oh, you're yeah, right. They do, to, to but Dr. Oz writes some great children's books. If Garth See? Brooks has a book, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> they translate that Superfoods book into a board book really nicely. Oh, yeah, sure. It really translates nicely. And yeah. it's nice that it, they did a pat the bunny thing to where you can pet Dr. Oz. Yeah. And it's a tactile. <laughs> Exactly. And you can I'll actually scratch it. and sniff the acai berries. Mm-hmm. So feel his bald spot. <laughs> I quickly glanced I quickly glanced in the toy section to see if I can find come up with some kind of toy that wouldn't be an insult. You know, cuz you don't want to This is one of the kids' friends. Yeah, you don't want to get involved in anything that's going to be, you know, that's going to have like surprises or small pieces or you know, if you're going to pick something, you got to pick – if you're going to pick a toy – Or that it's like a talking toy that might say something sexist. Exactly. Sure. If you're going to pick a toy, you either want to know exactly what's going on or you just want to pick wooden car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, not the not the press my stomach, women shouldn't vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not get tickle me out of Corolla. <laughs> so the um... – <laughs> <laughs> they slow things down in the writer's room. <laughs> um, the uh, the <laughs> Who's this for? Corolla's kids. Ooh, Dad's on a business trip. It's like he's here. Um, the, the, there's a whole aisle of, nerd sh- of Nerf shit in the Target. Like, yeah, in ner- this 
I will also notice the nerfs when I go to Target, and the advancements in nerf technology are staggering. They have laser sights on these things now. Assault and what's weapons. Crazy is, yeah, I know. There's <laughs> just no, like Daddy's gun. There's, there's an entire aisle of it. Daddy's in the militia, by the way. And none of the things are nerf balls. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking for a nerf football, it's all darts and arrows, right? It's all guns. Yeah. Do they it's still just have guns, the... guns, 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 like repeater guns, Gatling guns with Sniper rifles, of yeah. <laughs> like, Jeff, yeah, guns where you like, <coughs> first you dip it in poison, mm-hmm. then you shoot it at somebody. I like, remember the great arms race when I was growing up was Super Soakers. Oh, sure. Oh, like, yeah. Just, you started out with the, you know, Super Soaker 50 and you're like... It's not going to get any better than this. This is it. This is peak. But you were wrong. You were wrong. And then, like, I feel like if they introduced the Super Soaker when I was six, by eight, I was, like, wearing a backpack. Yeah, that's exactly what I was <laughs> I remember I had a Super Soaker, or it might have been my brother's, but mm-hmm. I had a Super Soaker where when you filled it with water, it was so heavy I couldn't pump it yeah. to shoot it. They made them gigantic, like the coolers you dump on a coach, but it was supposed to yeah. sit on your shoulder with a trigger. Mine you had to plug into a portable diesel generator. I mean, <laughs> that was... Yeah. It was insane. I lived in mine for five years. Yeah, mine had a separate outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I thought a Nerf ball might be a good gift. But yeah. Difficult to, difficult to obtain. Okay, let's take our Wait, wait. Oh, so what did you oh, end wait. up getting? Yeah, I was going to ask I the ended same up getting, thing. I don't know, Good Night, Good Night Construction Site or whatever. What's that? It's just a kid's book a kid's like. Huh. It's fine. Yeah, good night. Good night. Construction site is uh, probably homeless man's lullaby. It's (laughs) about backhoes. It's a solid B. Mm -hmm. Maybe I got. I mean, what you're. The thing is, is like they only got these six books, and they probably already got those books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other lazy gift picker outers like you. You know what I'm gonna do? (laughs) Just, just get the kid. Just get the kid some tea candles and some bath salts. Yeah. My first raisin (laughs) tea drug. Light those candles and then eat their roommates. Um, I think what I'm going to do, there's this... Some lotion from Bath and Body Works. There's, here's, here's a pro tip for all you parents. There's this book called Who, Who Needs Donuts? It's written by... Do you remember this alternative weekly cartoonist who made this cartoon called Washington? No. I don't okay, know well, I, it's one of those It's one of those alternative newspaper cartoons where it's just baffling. Mm-hmm. There's no joke in it. Sure. It's just confusing. Um, and... He made this book called Who Needs Donuts. It's about this boy, and the boy is a donut collector. (laughs) And he moves away from his family to the city so he can collect more donuts. And he's lonely, but he finds this father figure who's a donut collector. And suddenly he gets introduced to his world of his donut uh, vault, where he's got so many donuts he doesn't even know what to do. But then the dad figure falls in love with this woman named Pretzel Annie who's really into pretzels. And so the dad guy gets into pretzels and he abandons donuts and leaves all the donuts to this kid. Sounds like a real Game of Thrones situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then the kid anyway, anyway, the kid ends up saving this old lady and he learns that love is more important than donuts. Mm. And I still haven't learned that. This book is amazing. Almost all children's books are terrible. Those both sound like slurs for fat people to me. <laughs> Donut collectors and pretzel annies. <laughs> oh, boy. Check out the pretzel annie over there. Yeah, I was a real donut collector. <laughs> like, basically, I found that there's there's three categories of children's books. Maybe we could go on Reddit and try to get them to replace Ham Planet. <laughs> What's Ham Planet? What people on Reddit call fat people. Oh, God. 
You know, because the world's a toilet. Yes, yes, yes. Well, here we are adding to the toilet. One yeah. percent of children's <laughs> books are Maury Sendak books. Mm-hmm. Those are amazing. Yeah, instant masterpieces. Then ten percent of children's books are Good Night, Good Night Construction Site, mm-hmm. where its greatest quality is its inoffensiveness. Like it's not actively unpleasant. Like the meter is consistent throughout the book, and the if it rhymes and that kind of thing. And like the the illustrations are kind of cute. And it's like about trains or construction or princesses or whatever it is that children like, right? That's like 10%. And then 85% of books for children are nightmarishly garbage. Like they're a a level of garbage that is so astonishing you can't even believe it's real. And so my plan – I found this one book and then everybody already has all the – more. you know, there's not any kids out there who don't have Where the Wild Things Are, right? Yeah. And so my yeah, plan – just give you that to the hospital when you're taking the kid home. <laughs> exactly. And it's good for them because it's fucking amazing. I like – I'm like moved by it every time I open it. But then I got this – I got this Who Needs Donuts. This book is amazing and it's really weird. Like it's a genuinely strange book and I don't think other people's children have it. Nor – and I think that some of their parents might not let them have it because it's too weird. <laughs> Uh, but it's amazing. So I think I'm just going to buy like 15 copies of it. And oh, just and every, every birthday kid, party? Every birthday yeah. party. I'm just going to keep them in the garage. I mean, or, I mean, I imagine this is not something you could get at Target. But, I mean, if you go to Target, I really love Read Along with Kathy Lee and Hoda. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It is. Kids it's another to, nice. It's it just l- kids learning how to spell Chardonnay over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> we got one more call. Let's hear it. Hey, guys. It's uh, it's Mike here. Um I'm doing a bike trip, a cycling trip between uh, Memphis and New Orleans. And uh, I don't know, I'm about halfway, I guess, now. Been riding along today uh, and seen some really strange things along the road today. Uh, a couple of dead uh, coyotes, a dead dog, and a dead armadillo. And then um, just, a, just a minute ago, uh, right in the middle of the road, uh, was a pair of women's panties, purple panties, full of shit. Uh, Sorry, and um, and uh, next to them was a pair of jeans. It's um, it is Sunday, so I'm wondering if uh, somebody had an accident, maybe drinking last night. But uh, to be honest, the shit looked a little fresh, and it's about three o'clock, so three o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of thinking uh, maybe somebody had an accident driving down the road and uh, just had to get rid of. Get rid of the evidence. Anyways, love the show, guys. I'm going to leave aside the matter of the fecal. Um, but Did this caller sound like he was a British actor doing an American accent? I was yes. going to say he has <laughs> that alien. That's right. Yeah, I'm doing a bike trip. Yeah. New Orleans. From yeah, New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> now or New Orleans, as they call it. To Memphis. Armadillo. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. There were like three more vowels on the end of armadillo. I think it was an E-A-U-X. Well, I grew up in San Diego. <laughs> Jordan, can I tell you my idea for how we're going to get rich? Oh, sure. Here's something that oh, I, I'm already rich. You are? Yeah. In spirit. Oh. And love. And Chardonnay. And Chardonnay. <laughs> buttery, buttery Chardonnay. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you like an oaky or a buttery Chardonnay? Oh, it's got to be a buttery one. Right. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, oaky Chardonnay can go to hell. Suck my dick, oaky Chardonnay. <laughs> Here's my idea. Have you ever watched a? Have you ever watched a professional basketball game or a football game, and you see like the halftime and pregame show, mm-hmm. where it's like a, like a a white guy. It's usually a white guy. There's a couple black guys, but usually it's like a white guy who's uh, like a sports broadcaster, mm-hmm. 
and then there's like one old coach, and then there's two retired athletes whose job it is to spout nonsense. <coughs> you know yeah. what I'm talking about? This is what Shaq does these days, right? So this is my this here's my pitch. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the my favorite basketball team, the Warriors, are in the NBA playoffs. So I've been making the effort to watch them uh, through strictly legal means, of <laughs> course. And um, they have the Shaq. So the, the halftime show is it's Shaq, uh, Charles Barkley, uh, a normal former basketball player, and a sports guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, Marv Albert or something. <laughs> um, that's what passes for normal in these situations. But, yeah, like a broadcaster guy. One guy who uh, I think I, I want to say it's a former NBA player. And I think he, you know, he generally gives actual insights into the game. And then Charles Barkley and Shaq just mumble drunkenly mm-hmm. nonsense phrases. And I thought, you know, that is as a really specific demographic. The NBA halftime show. But Shaq and Charles Barkley have a lot of crossover appeal. What if we oh, yeah, put Shaq's together... in all those Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. What if we put together, like, you know how, like, you know how the Today Show's been struggling or, like, you know, CBS This Morning always has a hard time. Like, what do we do with Charlie Rose? He's already drunk. Oh, man. Do you guys want to hear a best thing I've seen on CBS This Morning lately story? Oh, of course. Uh, real quick. So they were doing it. I really like CBS this morning. I like to turn it on while I'm uh, getting ready for work. It's a fun way to start my day with my buddies, Charlie Rose, Oprah's friend Gail, and the brown-haired lady. Uh, So they were doing a story on, I guess there was a new study on how many sexual partners the average American has had in their life. I think for women it was eight. For men it was 14. Um, An interesting disparity. And, you know, they were at that point where after they, like, roll the package, the hosts are just supposed to chit-chat about it for 20 seconds or something. And and Oprah's friend Gail said, oh, that's an interesting study. What do you guys think about those numbers? And immediately there was a hard cut to the face of Charlie Rose. <laughs> and he had a look on his face as if to say, you have no idea the dark sexual places I have been to. <laughs> this kind of... We need to move on from this topic right now, Glower, that that just betrayed all sorts of <laughs> awful sexual sexual deviancies that have happened to him, you know, since he, you know, entered that fuckhouse that was PBS in the 70s. My dream version of this is he says, bitch, you don't want to know, and then dubstep music starts playing. <laughs> wop, 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 wop. <laughs> yeah. And the two little glasses fall down on Charlie yes. Rose's eyes. It was amazing. That's it was like unreal. the greatest live TV moment. Anyway. Uh, so here's my pitch. Like, let's say, let's say the CW wants to start their own morning news show. Okay. Shaq. It will have to take place in the DC universe because that's all that's on the CW these days. Shaq. Mm-hmm. Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. Kathy Lee and Hoda. Oh, boy. I like it. That's fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kathy Lee and Hoda will just drink Chardonnay. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Barkley and uh, Shaq will just snort Coke. Shaq will just have the two women on his back while he does push-ups or like whatever. Like I feel like all of Shaq's material is based on his unusual body. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's all it's his giant like, shoes. And giant his... man fell. Giant man put someone on top of him and man and the other person looked small. Giant <laughs> man looked nice, but then he do fun dance. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my big pitch. That's how we're going to get rich. It's the Shaq, 
Charles Barkley, Kathy Lee, and Hoda show. I know maybe this is just implicit in the pitch, but everyone will be talking at once, right? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have it any other way. It could be an unpleasant <laughs> din, right? <laughs> I, I'm thinking that maybe we could somehow use the second audio channel. Oh, you yeah. You could sure. flip back and forth between Shaq and Hoda. Sir Charles. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's an interactive thing where you choose who you hear mm. at once. Oh, it's called Morning Remix. Yeah, you can choose the cacophony of narcissists or yeah. <laughs> one at a time. A specific narcissist stream. Yes. Can we add? I know we have a nice, like... Symmetry here. Right. Kathy Lee and Hoda, Charles Barkley and Shaq. But just to kind of add to the, you know, to the sound, to the sound melange, Mm -hmm. a humpback whale. (laughs) Yeah, sure. They just have such beautiful calls. (laughs) Very calming. Have you heard their calls? You want to, you can get some of that CBS Sunday morning vibe. Yeah. Like Mm. that calming quality. And And special guest, Fuckmaster Charlie Rose. (laughs) (laughs) 206 984 is our number. You won't believe what I have to do to get hard. <laughs> we'll I do back. 14 women in a day. <laughs> I can only fucking avoid. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Emmy Plotnick, Regal Beagle. All that uh, Charlie Rose stuff really took the wind out of my sails. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. I basically, after I saw that, did not want to go to work. I'm like, I think I should need to lay down for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, laughing's painful. Think about the just awful sexual things Charlie Rose has to do to get I excited. I could literally bust a gut right now. Oh. <laughs> Um, look, it's been a delightful show. Our thanks to Julia Smith on the boards this week, our producer, Brian Sonny D. Fernandez, our theme music, Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. You can talk about the show on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org. A lot of talk going on these days on the Reddit, Ooh. maximumfun.reddit.com, and on Facebook. You heard about this Facebook, right, Emmy? Yeah, I know a little bit about it. Emmy, let's say people want to follow up uh, on you and your work. They say, this lady's fun. You know, she's, she knows a lot of lyrics to the Crossfire song. Uh, and two-thirds of the Diarrhea song. <laughs> <laughs> I bet people could follow. Well, I mean, we all know. I mean, it's it's three-fourths. It's, we all know that when you're sliding into home and your pants are full of foam. Oh, yeah. I was going to say poo-turds. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go poo-turds. Yeah. As uh, opposed to two-thirds. Amy, where can people find you on the internet if they want to be inter- inter-friends with you? Oh, uh, Twitter is good. I think uh, it's... At Emmy Blotnick. You won't find any controversy here. I also think Twitter is good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm ambivalent about Facebook, you know. <laughs> also, local Korean grocery stores, apparently, <laughs> is where I've been hanging You're doing out. a small tour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting in the uh, barley section, moving to the raisin tea section. Sure. So just People should just drive up and down Western. Yeah. Yelling your name. Mm-hmm. You, you know. also do stand-up comedy jokes sometimes. You got any stand-up comedy jokes coming around? Yeah, yeah. I got um, uh, Westside Comedy Theater on May 12th. And right here in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, how, I, how soon does this happen? Immediately. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's that's good for now. Okay, cool. Well, Westside cool. Comedy Theater. I mean, it's been a delight to have you on the program. Oh, thank, thank you, for you guys. Us. You guys are great. Guys, I'm going to go uh, plug my laptop into my television, turn on the Warriors game, and pass out. Yay. Yay. We'll be back next week on Jordan Jesse Go. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.